Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your discovery liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and crunchy mama, and our co-host. I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison, and it is a new month. New year. Yeah. Happy new year. Happy Happy 2024. So we're going to start celebrating because we are recording this early. Yes. Um, So we're really looking forward to celebrating the new year and all the new things with you and bringing you all kinds of new content. And we've got some things in the works um, as well to bring you new delicious things. Very exciting things. And we thought it would be very appropriate to start the new year with really diving into all things non-toxic because this can be the largest rabbit hole you ever go down. Yes. And so we want this month to be focused on sustainable, achievable changes Mm -hmm. that you can make throughout this entire year and kind of knowing where to start and just how to progress forward and knowing that any little step forward is a good step forward. Right. And there's no like perfect right answer here, but we just do what we can. We chug along and we want to help you or give you the resources to see what fits best for you and your family at this time. Right. And there's nothing wrong. You're not doing anything wrong, but there's always areas that we can make a better choice. Right. So approaching this year with that in mind, that just make make the choice. Yeah. Small changes. And so we are going to start with a very important topic that I almost just forgot about what it was. Water. H2O. H2O. Because obviously we are drinking water. We are showering in water. We're bathing in water. We are washing dishes, washing clothes, washing dogs, washing babies. All the things surrounded by water. And so, one of, you know, to start kind of this topic in general, when it comes to toxins, we do, I understand that even. Even on my own page, we can get down these rabbit holes of, well, everything's just toxic, so what do we do? And so I really just want us to take a step back and realize that, again, it's a small little changes because these toxins can bioaccumulate. They can mm-hmm. build up in the blood, and that's when they cause a problem. It's not your one Gatorade that you drink. It's not your one air freshener that you use. But it is the accumulation of all of these chemicals that we are surrounded with that bioaccumulate, which means they they build up in your body. And that's when we get the health hazards or the adverse effects from it. And it's estimated that we are exposed to over 750,000 chemicals. A day. A day. Not a a year, not a lifetime. 750,000 with three, that's actually four zero, seven, five, zero, 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 zero. A day. So that's how many in, uh, I'm going to get out the calculator. But it's, our bodies just can't 
keep up. We can't keep up with excreting those toxins. And they come from our personal care products, our environmental factors, our food, our water. They're all around us. Anna Kate has a number. Oh, you can read that. 273,750,000 toxins, per, toxins year. per year. Ew. Ew. And that's not the ones where you're in an environment where you get access to other toxins that you're not normally like, like pumping, oh, like pumping gas. Or, yeah. Right. So if you get gas on you or uh, diesel or because you're not the one that usually pumps the gas mm -hmm. in the diesel or the fumes that you're breathing, because whether you get it on your skin or not, because anything that touches your skin is in your bloodstream and circulated all around your entire body in two minutes. Exactly. That's how fast your blood moves, by the way. It's wild. And, you know, these toxins, there's just, there's so much literature out there. It's been proven that these toxins can be found in mom's breast milk and in our blood at, you know, 90% increase and then they, they should be there. And so we can detox our bodies as much as we want. But if we then enter a home in which is toxic, we are not giving our system a break. And so that's why we want to talk about water specifically. Yes. Obviously, because it is it is so massive. To You're made up of water. Yeah. Every cell in your body has water in it. Exactly. So when it comes to our drinking water, I think it is very important to talk about the toxins that could potentially be hanging out in our water because I think it puts a little more oomph on the Ooh, what's in our what's in your water? A little more. Oh, what's in your water? Right now, electrolytes. But <laughs> I was good today. I you drank were. my whole big Yeti cup, whatever that's called, of water first before even opening my coffee. Uh, good job. I know. Pat on the head, Cece. Thank you. High five. Um, so the most commonly found toxins in our water supplies are bacteria, viruses, aluminum. Mm -hmm. ammonia, arsenic, lead, heavy metals. There's also things called VOCs, which are volatile organic compounds. Um, pharmaceuticals are very common. We'll talk about well water later on as well. But some of these elements can be found naturally in earth. The problem is, and so I get that argument a lot, even with heavy metals. The problem is when they bioaccumulate, they, they accumulate too. So that's our problem. It's not the little bit of lead that might be found. It's a little bit of lead with a little bit of mercury with a little bit of aluminum. That's all piling up. Yep. And your body looks like Legos on the inside of all these bioaccumulated things. Ooh, that was a good one. I will. I I'm, envisioned that. I am working on analogies for y'all because it makes sense. And <laughs> if it makes sense in my brain, I know, well, it may not make sense for you either coming from my brain, but if I can, if I can piece those things together, because it's all of the I mean, that's why it's so good for us to do have good detox pathways and to be able to sweat. And she and I are bad detoxers because mm -hmm. we don't sweat. I find sweat, that yeah. when I use and you use your sauna too, when mm -hmm. I use that more frequently, when it is hot outside or I get overheat, like when it's time to sweat, I sweat easier than if I haven't used my sauna for a yeah, while. Yeah, and that's a good that's a good thing. It means you're opening up more easily. Yeah. So a lot of us are, are bad detoxers. And the when it comes to these things getting into our water, it's important to realize that people flush things down the toilet all the time. They put things down the sink all the time. They're pharmaceuticals, they're like actual drugs. 
their sewage yes. that seeps into our soil that, you know, then gets into our well water. And so... And even our drinking water goes through a treatment facility that's pumped with a bunch of chemicals to make it take all the things that were she just listed. Out. And, and what, it's a water treatment right. facility. So it's normally chlorine and fluoride is what our water, our city water is treated with. And in order to, quote, ward off disease, waterborne viruses and bacteria grow really poorly in those managed facilities. But then that water is passed directly to residents. Right. So now it's higher in chlorine and fluoride. And we don't, there's such controversy. Well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. Absolutely. Um, but one thing right now I want to say is that with that well water, because I have a lot of patients who are like, Hey, I'm on well water though. And that's safe. And the issue is with that runoff into our soil, and that is the water that you are drinking. It's unfortunately in today's day and age still needs to be filtered as if that is city water. Right. And if you're treating your grounds with pesticides, pesticides herbicides, manure, even organic compounds yeah. don't need to be in your drinking water. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that chlorine off gases, because that's what I do is I have a filter in my fridge. I don't drink out of the tap. Mm -hmm. I fill up a gallon jug of water every day and I let it uh, off gas overnight or 24 hours, preferably. Um, yeah. And that's what I make my tea with. That's what I put in the dog's bowls for water. Like I, I can even tell if I fill up their, their bowls with water from the tap, I can it. smell it. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm like this, and they won't go near their water for a while unless they're like extremely thirsty. Yeah but I like to even off gas theirs. And I'm pulling that out of the filter from the fridge mm -hmm. and still letting it off gas. So, and fluoride doesn't off gas. So what do we do with yes. fluoride? So fluoride is, first and foremost, going back, fluoride is a mineral that's found in our soil, right? In our water and our food. And the controversy lies in how it came about to be added to our water stores and the fact that it was kind of slid under, oh, hey, it's healthy for your teeth. My problem here is- Poke a hole, right? Right in that spot, right there. Yes. My, my problem here is that, okay, so we personally don't use fluoride or fluoridated toothpaste, but I can look at the studies and see, okay, applying fluoride directly to the teeth can help prevent decay. There is, there is proof there. I personally choose not to do that, but there is proof there. What I cannot get on board with is drinking it because what if I am drinking water that has fluoride in it through a straw, it ain't touching my teeth. Mm -mm. So how is that helping my tooth decay? And it's not helping your insides. Someone explain that. Make it make sense, please. Because that is bypassing my, all my teeth right. and just going into my intestines. And none of us sit there and swish our water every time no. we take a sip. So there, there's a, a lot of there. There's a lot there to dissect in the history behind it, which is a rabbit hole y'all can dive into. Um, but my problem is fluoride. There has also been proof that when it bioaccumulates, it is a known neurotoxin. It is toxic to our brains. It has been linked with lower IQ. It has been linked with brittle bones or weakening bones and muscles and ligaments. Thyroid dysfunction. How many Americans have thyroid issues? I mean, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism at 20 years old. You know, it is running rampant, especially amongst women. 
there has been links with fluoride, fluoride toxicity and central nervous system dysfunction and cardiovascular dysfunction. I'm just going to raise my hand for all yes. of these because I probably have all of these issues. So someone please tell me the benefit of having fluoride in the water versus the adverse effects. I will wait. Okay. So um, how do we test for bioaccumulated? Is fluoride a heavy metal? What is what no, is fluoride? Fluoride's a mineral. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a natural mineral. Um, but I'm I want to go through all of our toxins, and then we'll kind of go through testing because okay. the <laughs> which is a good question. It's a great question. But one thing else I want to point out is that we have to think that everybody is so different, and you have you're in the same household, and you have the same amount of fluoride in the water, and you have grandma drinking it, and you have mom drinking it, and you have. Baby, baby drinking it for baby bottle and you have sister aunt uncle dog whoever all at the same quote dose of that toxin right that i'm just gonna leave that little nugget there so time out i have a question so when the mom factory is mm -hmm. open does that get passed through because you drinking the fluoride fluoridated yeah. water and then babies just In having breast or both are being fed so I don't, there isn't less. In utero, that makes sense. Yeah. But. In utero, absolutely. Um, in breast milk, yes, it has been found that fluoride can pass through the breast milk. And even like forever chemicals. I mean, yeah. there's so many things that can pass through. But think about all the babies who are, are bottle fed. Right. And you're using that water, you're using your tap water. They are literally ingesting everything right. that comes at one day old, two days old. Um, the next one that's big is chloramine and this goes into what you're saying with chlorine and mm -hmm. it's why we get that super pungent smell like but, a pool yes. like a swimming pool like a, yeah um chloramine is when ammonia is added to chlorine and so cities add this as an as a normal thing to our water to help kill pathogens um however one problem there is that you know antibiotic resistance is a thing yep a lot of people know that's a thing where we're creating these super bugs well when we continue to add these pathogenic killing agents to our water there has been proof that chloramine is contributing to those super bugs to creating bugs that are resistant to these disinfectant products so time to change our thought process there y'all um but can we Filter for this? Yes, absolutely. Why absolutely. doesn't the city filter for this? Because they're adding it. <laughs> I, but I know, but like that would make sense if you're adding it for the benefit of the community, that you would remove it for the benefit of so, the community right. after it's done its job. Right. So it's in the little water plant. You add it to remove the pathogens and you filter it out before it's sent to all the residents. That would make sense. But we don't do that. But we don't. Of course we don't do that. Why would we do that? Why would the United States do that? Okay, quick pause, y'all, just to show our sponsors some love for their support. Did you know that there's different stages to the common cold? My go-to product for those pesky symptoms is Cold Calm by Boron. These melt-away tablets made with pure active ingredients target sneezing, runny nose, and congestion at every single stage. I love that they're non-drowsy and phenylephrine-free. Plus, they melt in your mouth without any water. Visit boronusa.com and use coupon code thediscoverydoc1 for 20% off your order of cold calm. 
While you're there, explore other winter essentials by Boron, including Ocelococcinum and Throat Calm. Claims are based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. All right, let's jump back into our conversation. They didn't ask us. Yeah, they didn't. You should ask us, whoever's in charge of that. <laughs> so acutely, when we have too much chloramine exposure, respiratory distress is very common. So increased asthma, coughing, skin and eye irritation is very common. But chronically then, we those respiratory distresses turn into things like asthma. It can manifest as heart disease, cellular damage has all been linked to chloramine exposure. Okay, so, so I imagine here's my brain today. We are in winter, so cold and flu season and all the stuffy noses and all this stuff. So if you're doing a navage, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. neti pot, something in your, one, don't use tap water, but two, yeah. if you're using tap water, you're putting that in your sinuses, which if you have these respiratory issues can exacerbate that as well. So if yeah. you're doing this and you notice an uptick in more, yeah, just use, well, that's distilled water, but then that's going out and buying distilled water. Or if you have something that, can you make distilled water at home? You can boil water. Working. I know. Yes. I, you know what I did today? I took my nootropics. <laughs> I love to see the difference. Um, working on it. Yes, you can actually make your own distilled water. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that in episode two, all the things you can do. The next big one, heavy metals, lead, are very common, unfortunately. This is not, this is not head banging metal, like. Yeah, not the, that's not the good, the good metal. I don't really listen to heavy metal, though. It's like the one music genre that I cannot, I think I just get overstimulated. Yeah, it's. I can't get into it. And my weirdo husband, he goes through the most random changes in music, like where all of a sudden he'll be listening to, oh my gosh, give me like the most notorious heavy metal bands. Metallica? No, I know Metallica. Uh, it starts with an S or there's an S in it. Nope. Okay. Whatever. It he um, goes through these phases where he'll striker, play. something like that. It's something like that. There's an S. It's not from Metallica. There's, there's, a, there's, there's an, an S. S. And I'm like, I walk inside. I'm like, I can't do this today. <laughs> I just can't. Overwhelming. Okay. Anyways, back to it. Back to it. I almost did that. My exit Um, <laughs> the, the more you know, <laughs> the more you know. Lead pipes are huge. It's not the only place where we get heavy metals from, but it is huge because the, those pipes oxidize and wear down over time and then lead leaches into the water right. supplies. New pipes don't have that issue or new fixtures don't have that issue, but it's still a huge problem in the U.S. because we get lead from other sources that are just unknown. And it's kind of similar. There's an episode where I told a story about um, changing out Ava's lamp in her room, mm -hmm. a lamp that I ordered online, and it came with a warning sign that would that said it would expose me to lead. I'm like, what the heck? Like, yeah, I'm not putting this in my baby's no, room. No, absolutely not. Um, agricultural waste, industrial waste are big ones. Synthetic fertilizers are big one for housing these heavy metals, especially lead. When we look at the symptomatology of heavy metal poisoning, this can look very different. There's there's like an acute version and then there's a version that I see clinically, mm -hmm. which I'll touch on both, but pain, systemic pain is very common. Sleep issues, sleep disruptions, fatigue, numbness in your extremities, GI issues, constipation, memory loss, 
more aggressive behavior or irritability, lower IQ, growth and developmental delays. I mean, and if you go even further, more critically, we're talking about inflammation in the brain and seizure-like activity. So the, the spectrum is so wide. I've had patients who have heavy metal toxicity who go into complete psychosis. And then I have patients who have just this recurrent hair loss that nobody can figure out, and they're just losing all their hair. It's not alopecia. It's not their thyroid. It's not their iron levels. And it's heavy metal toxicity. And I have everything in between that Anna Kate is thinking about. Yeah. If you're not watching this, I'm dropping my head. Because all everything that she just listed is like every yeah. everything that I've experienced. I mean, my hair's falling out. I mean, there's just the fatigue and... Mm -hmm the inflammation and just all the things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, and I know it's not true, but I feel like when she lists stuff like that for all the things that can contribute to all the symptoms that I've been feeling for years, it's like, there's no hope. Like here's, we know, we know what's mostly wrong with me, but there may be other things. Right. Yeah. And so there is hope. See a functional medicine specialist, have them look at the whole picture get in with CEC, get in with someone local that you trust that can actually look at the whole picture because it's really easy to say, get some more sleep or drink more water or take your vitamins and minerals and feel better. Well, that's not gonna, that's not gonna help if we're not addressing other core issues. So I know that there's hope and I haven't lost hope, yeah. but it for, for you out there, I know it feels frustrating. And I think that the hope comes from like, if people, some people will listen to this and be like, oh, I have that symptom. Oh, it could be something I'm exposing myself to. Like, and that can be a quick, easy fix, yeah. you know? It, so that right there is hope. And I know it can be such a rabbit hole of, well, it could be this, 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 or this. But just if you're experiencing some of those symptoms and you connect with some of that, this is a good, easy place to start, to start. Yeah. and to manage and then see how you feel, you know, and move forward. Um, the other kind of big things to look out for in terms of water are herbicides and pesticides. And obviously these are sprayed on our lawns and on our foods and they seep into the ground kind of like we're talking about with the wells and make their well or make their way into our soil, which then mm -hmm. makes our way into our water supplies and chronic exposure has been correlated i mean they're carcinogens so cancer causing and neuromuscular diseases things like als mm -hmm. cellular because they, they damage us at a cellular and mitochondrial level um reproductive dysfunction is massive with pesticide exposure birth defects developmental delays um and so much more so that is a, a really big heavy hitter and something i would encourage we in our in our next episodes, we talked to an awesome home health expert where we dive in a little bit deeper about pesticides and kind of what you can do as alternatives. But you don't want to miss that. Yeah, you it's don't. jam-packed. Jam yes. So I have a question about, I know because we're talking about herbicides and pesticides and all the sides and all the things. So it's raining today. Mm -hmm. So where did the rain come from? Right. Did oh. it come? It doesn't go. It doesn't evaporate from where it is. Go straight up into a cloud and come back down. It comes from yeah. the city over, or if it's coming, if your rain is, if you're near a um, chemical plant, mm -hmm. that's getting evaporated. And when it gets too, the clouds get too full, and the wind moves it, it may end up on your house. Yeah. Like so, even 
I'm, I'm just so Debbie Downer on this one. Okay, so I'm going to take that. I'm going to take over because that is, I mean, it's very true. It's logic. I'm a very logical person. I acknowledge the logic behind that. There are a lot of things out of our control and we cannot harp on the things out of our control. Right. The rainwater, we cannot control. Yes, it has been proven that it's way more acidic than it used to be. You can tell in how you grow foods and your plants outside in the, in our grass and our, I mean, everything you can tell that the rainwater is not as pure as it used right. to be, but that is not something that any of us in day-to-day -day life can touch. So but we can rather, make better choices. Yes. Inside. I'd rather focus my energy on, okay. Choking <laughs> I'm Talking about staying hydrated. Oh my gosh. Um, I'd rather focus my energy on things that I can control. And what can I control? I can control the water source in my home. I right. can't control the water that's literally physically coming into my home. But once it has entered my home, I can control what is being done between the pipe and me drinking it. Yes. And that is where I'm encouraged and hopeful and you have to try really hard not to get sucked into those rabbit holes of like the toxicity of the entire world because it's just not a healthy mindset right. and place to be. And it's true. Like, like we're surrounded by so many freaking things that are, that are toxic that we cannot control. So please just try to change your mindset to focusing on small things you have control over and that will save your mental health. Yes. There are <laughs> things, there are things that we can do. There are things. The last little kind of thing I wanted to touch on that can be in our water are pathogens. And pathogens are, are just, they're, they're bacteria, they're viruses, they're things that aren't natural to our body, that kind of enter our body. Um, and the most common that we see in our water is Giardia, which is also common in dogs a lot, mm -hmm. but will give you major GI issues. And yeah bloating and diarrhea and it's like so when you go camping and you find a stream you have to boil your water first before you drink it exactly don't just oh it's a running it's a babbling brook nope nope yeah you'll end up with the poops um, and that's no fun on camping it's trips not, it's no fun anytime um cryptosporidium is another one e coli salmonella campylobacter hep a legionella those are all very very common pathogenic organisms um, and those are just a few there. And some, you know, are, are naturally occurring because there's thousands in our water and there's things that we are meant to come across and we are meant to deal with and actually diverses are, or diversifies our gut microbiome. But then there's other ones that really shouldn't be there that stem from antibiotics being flushed on the toilet or, you know, different, like we were talking about earlier, different superbugs being created. And those are the ones that can be a little harmful to our health. Um, How do you dispose of medications, prescription medications that aren't, that you aren't using or, or what, I guess, what do you recommend? How do you, how to get rid of them? Ooh, I don't know if this is like a legal answer. So this is not legal advice or medical advice because I don't know if this is accurate. I don't flush them, right. but if it, and I've never had, I've never had like pain medication or a controlled substance. So this is also not talking about controlled substances because you have to be obviously very careful about those. I've never dealt with discarding those because I just don't fill them. <laughs> like right. if I've had a right. surgery and you have a medication that's prescribed, I just don't fill it. Um, but I don't know if I even want to say how I do it. Well, there I don't are. I don't know if it's right. Okay. Well, don't say it. But there are places with 
or, or yes. events with the police department and fire department that you can go and drop off. So the, right, if yeah. we're talking about like narcotics or controlled substances or injectables, like that's where my brain goes with what you're talking about. But if I just have like old thyroid medication that needs to be discarded, yeah. that's what I was thinking of. And I mean, honestly, I keep it in the container, but then I, and I don't crush it or anything, but then I put it in another container mm -hmm. or another bag or another something that you can't see through. Mm -hmm. And then I put it into the garbage. Okay. So that it's not entering in my, I don't know, in my brain, it's not entering our water. It's not entering the environment, but when it gets to wherever the garbage yeah. is being handled. Where it gets to the dump. Yeah. yeah. But yes, you're absolutely right. With more, with harsher chemicals or, or drugs, you have to discard it appropriately. Yeah. Like hospital has them all, airports have them all over in terms of the biohazard boxes or things yeah. like that. I don't. Okay, if you're a police or fireman, what, what do they? What do you do with it? Yeah, yeah. If you know the answer to this question, please let us know. We would like to please discover do. more. Absolutely, but with with those pathogens being so, GI issues is really common with those pathogens being in our water. Um, but they also can activate our immune system in other ways that can lead to things like triggering pans and pandas flares in kids. Um, which are just viral loads or bacterial loads that are too elevated in that kiddo where their immune system is kind of on tilt and over responding to things that we shouldn't over respond to. And that usually comes out behaviorally with agitation, aggression, and ability to kind of control emotions, just emotional liability up and down. Um, so that is a rundown of all the yuckies all the yuckies and you just said yeah. what we don't yuck yums but today we are yucking all the yucks yeah well we're not yucking the yums of what's in your cup so but <laughs> and hopefully you're some water yeah hopefully you're making your yummy coffee with filtered water let's just go with that yeah we'll go with that so but i think this is not meant by any means to be fearful or or a scare tactic or say like oh there's just a problem everywhere I really wanted to go through those to just educate and then empower you to know what's normal, what's being added. Like your city is going to say, hey, it's normal to add chloramine or chlorine and fluoride. But for us, like, what does that mean? What are the health risks that are associated with those things being added? And so I always mean for this information to be educational and empowering. And then we will work our darndest to provide a solution mm -hmm. so you're not just like okay well these are all the problems now what do i do yeah we did talk about testing in our other episodes so go back and listen to our air and water episodes um i think they're eight and nine and we'll talk about yeah. it again yeah, yeah there's, there's there's so much on this to to topic to to talk about yeah but just like if you're getting your local water tested knowing that certain levels of fluoride and other things in the water won't flag as elevated, but they may be elevated, but that's because that's what they put in the water. So that's it's considered not, normal. It's considered that. normal. Yeah. Right. So just being aware of these things and the more, you know, that's my super short show. Uh, I wonder if there's like a copyright thing with that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but anyways, we, we want to split this up. Part two will be all about what can you do? And that's the biggest thing, right? We have all these yucks that can be in our water, but what can we do to keep our family safe? And I want to go farther in depth than we did in episode eight or nine, because the 
best available thing mm -hmm. is not available to everybody. everybody. So right. I want to really break it down and go through, okay, what is available for you and your family? A to Z, these are awesome options from 20 bucks to $5,000 mm -hmm. in cost and everything in between. So stay tuned for part two to learn all the tools that we can use. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for finishing my sentence. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope I finished it right. You did. All right, y'all. Until next time. Let's discover together. We hope you've enjoyed this journey of exploration and learning as much as we have. Before you go, we have a special request for you, our beloved discoverers. We'd be thrilled if you could show your support in a few easy steps. Step one, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell so you never miss a moment of discovery. Step two, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us and helps others discover our podcast too. Step three, whether you're on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please share the discovery.podcast with your friends, family, and social networks. It's the best way to spread the joy of discovery. And finally, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the discovery doc. Stay connected with us for updates, behind the scenes content, and so much more. Plus, for exclusive content and additional resources, be sure to check out our website at www.thediscoverydoc.com. And while you're there, if you have a burning question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, simply let us know. Thank you, Discoverers, for being part of our incredible journey. Until next time, let's discover together. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourage listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.